Races and disenfranchisement fears as Election Day approaches. I'm Jarrett Murphy from CityLimits.org. My broadcast partner, Ben Max, is off this week. Uh, but you can check out his stuff at GothamGazette.com. Thanks so much for joining us. We are 27 days from Election Day and a lot of news related to that to talk about. It'll be the focus of our show in a couple of ways today. We'll first be joined in a few minutes by Perry Grossman, who is a senior attorney at the New York Civil Liberties Union, who focuses on voting rights, which has been a topic of concern, obviously, for many people for several cycles, uh, but especially this year with uh, absentee voting voting and mail-in ballots and all the concerns about fraud being uttered by the president, the potential for bowl, poll watching going on, people being challenged as they attempt to exercise their franchise. So moving on to our first uh, topic today is the uh, question of election 2020 and the questions about how safe the vote will be. Obviously, safety means a few different things in 2020. It's the safety literally of venturing out in the street and being in a room with other people if you go on election day. But the safety of the vote itself, the reliability of the tally, the question of whether people's votes are going to be counted and counted properly, uh, frankly, has been raised in New York City uh, for many, many years, uh, going back to era when particular parts of the city were under Department of Justice supervision because of problems they had in disenfranchising people, especially people of color, to more recently, where we've had a lot of problems with voting technology in New York State. New York was among the last states to comply with the Help America Vote Act, uh, passed after the debacle of the 20 of the 2000 election, uh, had a lot of trouble meeting those requirements, uh, has had trouble making its voting accessible to people with uh, various physical and, and other disabilities. Uh, and more recently, the Board of, Edu- Board of Elections you know, purging voters, um, having difficulty managing huge lines on elections, uh, a lot of trouble around the June primary in terms of absentee ballots going out and uh, uh, maybe not coming back in, not being counted on time, not being counted at all. And now, of course, you have the presidential election coming when turnout is highest. And even though New York State is a blue state, it is almost certainly going to go Democratic. It has for the past several cycles. People obviously want to register their sentiments, want to be part of that popular vote total that uh, indicates where national sentiment is. Uh, and obviously also want to w- vote on some of the other races that are on the tablet for that day. Uh, you know, state Senate and assembly and Congress and borough president in Queens, the city council district in Brooklyn, all very important. And so we're going to bring on now, Reggie, do we have our guest? Uh, yes. We do. Excellent. Uh, we have on with us Perry Grossman, who is the senior staff attorney in the Voting Rights Project at the New York Civil Liberties Union. Perry, welcome to Max and Murphy. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So President Trump has talked a lot about his concerns about November 3rd, his fears about the vote, uh, worries about mail-in balloting, worries about fraud. Uh, I gather you have worries too, but they probably are somewhat different. What are you worried about when it comes to November 3rd? Yeah, I have very, very different worries uh, when it comes to November 3rd. Um, the first thing I want to do is, is, is worry about how to ignore everything the president says, which <laughs> is just trying to undermine confidence in, in the election system. I, I worry about people uh, feeling like their votes are going to be counted, being able to get their absentee ballots and making sure that they're counted, <clears throat> making sure that they're able to find their early voting spot, their, their election day polling place, um, and then having patience. Because it's going to take longer than usual this year to count uh, to count the ballots and to get election results. We are not going to have election night returns in New York State because we have such a high volume of absentee ballots. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. We don't have the full count ever because it always takes time to count absentee ballots. So counseling patients is really one of the things that I'm, I am most concerned about. I don't know if you find this to be the case, but I find it difficult when, when the president talks about his concerns about voting and obviously the charges of fraud have never been substantiated and his concerns seem largely baseless. There's a tendency, I think, to, uh, among, among some to dismiss the issue entirely. But the fact is that there, there are, there are concerns about people being able to exercise their right to vote. They're just very different from what the president says. So it's not, it's not that there isn't a problem. It's just that it's a very different problem, right? That's, that's absolutely correct. You know, we hear proponents of voter suppression talk about voter fraud. And the reason those things uh, go together is because the devices that are used to prevent, you know, so-called fraud, which really, as you pointed out, does not exist, ultimately prevent qualified voters from voting. Um, you know, does a voter ID, which we don't have in New York State, but does a voter ID actually prevent, uh, you know, ineligible voters from walking to a polling place? No. Does it prevent people who are uh, absolutely qualified to vote from uh, from walking to a polling place and casting the ballot they're entitled to cast? It does. And so when it comes to, you know, we have a lot of safeguards for absentee ballots, um, you know, some of which are actually going to make it more difficult for people to vote. Um, you know, you got to make sure you sign it. You got to make sure you date it. You got to make sure your envelope is sealed. And if you make a mistake along the way, these are all things that could prevent your vote from being counted. So I am concerned because we have a lot of first-time absentee voters in New York State and making sure they follow the directions and make sure those votes get counted. Thankfully, this year, we finally have what's called a notice and cure process. So if you do forget to sign your ballot, the Board of Elections is going to reach out to you and let you know that you can still get your ballot counted. So I, I think you're absolutely right to focus on you know, how do we make sure that all of these safeguards we have in our election system don't end up being tools of voter suppression? So talk about the June primaries where we had really a dry run of essentially what, what will exist to some degree on November 3rd. We had, because of the COVID-19 crisis, a tremendous number of mail-in ballots. And that caused some delay, certainly as you've predicted will occur in November, some delay in the results. Also some concerns about deeper problems. How do you think now that a little time has passed and we understand what the difficulties the system was operating under because of COVID, what do you think of the June primary? And, and do you think that that has exposed some issues that November 3rd will, will give us a chance to test again? Yeah, I think, I think that's absolutely correct. So you've got to consider the transition that New York made um, this spring. New York is a state where people overwhelmingly voted in person and on Election Day. And just last year, we introduced early voting for the first time, which is a big innovation. It took us a long time. I can't remember if we're the 39th or the 40th state, but very, very late in the game. And so we go from being a state where only about 5% 5 of the people vote absentee every year. And all of a sudden, in the middle of uh, as the pandemic sets on in March, we have to figure out how to transition from being a state that votes 5% absentee to 50% absentee and to do it um, while we're short-staffed, to do it while we have underfunded elections, to do it while we're figuring out social distancing protocols. So we're introducing all of these new protocols in election administration. We're introducing all of these new processes to first-time absentee voters. 
Um, meanwhile, we also had the fiasco with the presidential primary where it was canceled and then it was back on. It was moved from April to June. Places had two ballots. Uh, I think out in western New York where they had a congressional special election, they had three ballots. So it really was just a terrible, perfect storm uh, of things coming together um, to, you know, to create some chaos um, as, as we made this very big transition. So I look to the legislature and I look to the governor and I see some positive changes that have been made to address um, some of the problems we had in June. The moving the postmark deadline from the day before Election Day to Election Day itself is helpful. Making sure that ballots that don't have a postmark and are received the day after the election is going to help more ballots get counted. Giving people more ways to apply for absentee ballots, including online, over the phone, in addition to just the usual wet ink signature on a form. All of that is going to expand access to the franchise. Now that we've relaxed, um, you know, a little bit, I mean, obviously we have to stay safe and social distance and wear our masks and all that important thing, but it's a little more possible to go out in public so people can avail themselves of early voting more in, in November. So I think we are going to be better prepared to vote in November. Obviously, we're going to see a big uptick in turnout. And anytime you see a big uptick in turnout, that potentially exposes more uh, stress points in the system. Um, but right now, in terms of making sure people get their ballots, making sure the ballots get counted, you know, we're seeing hiccups along the way, like we saw with those 100,000 ballots in Brooklyn. But the Board of Elections has been able to move pretty quickly to correct that. And so I'd say right now, I want everybody to be vigilant, but I also want them to be confident that the system is going to work pretty well. Um, we just have to be uh, patient with it. The one thing I will point out where we really haven't done a particularly good job, and because it's coming up uh, just a couple of days, is voter registration is way down this year compared to 2016. And it should be way up. This is a, an election in which there's a lot more interest. Um, turnout is high. Um, you know, we're seeing all of these responses and polls about how enthusiastic voters are. But right now in New York City, um, new voter registrations are down about 36 percent. And statewide, we're looking at they're down about 25 percent. So part of that is due to the fact that we don't have a good online voter registration system that's available to everybody. Part of that is because we haven't been able to run in-person voter registration drives. People haven't been cycling through government offices. But the voter registration deadline is coming up on October 9th, and so it's really, really important to check and make sure that everybody you know is registered to vote. And also, check your own registration record and make sure that you are uh, registered to vote at your current address. And just on the October 9th deadline, if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, NYCLU sued to try to get that moved closer to Election Day, but that, that did not succeed. Is that right? Yeah, unfortunately, we got a bad decision from uh, from a trial court on that. We actually filed our appeal um, with the first department uh, yesterday, so hopefully we'll keep litigating that. But in the meantime, for right now, um, you know, October 9th is the the 25 day registration deadline, which applies to most New Yorkers. Um, you know, there's a couple of exceptions that allow you to uh, register up to 10 days, but most folks should focus on getting registered on October 9th. And we're going to do the best we can on this appeal because New Yorkers deserve a robust state constitutional right to vote that doesn't tolerate these kinds of antiquated 
uh, restrictions on registration, like a 25-day registration deadline. That deadline was enacted in May 1991. The World Wide Web, as we know it, went live uh, a few months after that. So we're looking at a deadline that just doesn't have any reason to exist in 2020. It barely had any reason to exist in 1991. Um, you know, New York is an election system that is largely out of the 19th century for the most part. And so, you know, fighting our way to a modern election system that respects everyone's right to vote. You pointed out before that we had counties in New York City covered by Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act. That's absolutely right. And we have such a terrible history of discrimination against, um, you know, racial and ethnic minorities, language minorities, uh, against immigrants. And, and we really do have a lot of work to do to, to build up a system that, that really tries to enfranchise everybody. We're waiting for the governor to sign automatic voter registration. Hopefully that will add an, uh, a million new voters to the rolls. Next year, hopefully we can complete constitutional amendments to allow for same-day registration uh, and no-excuse absentee balloting, both of which would be big innovations. Uh, but for right now, we're, we're muddling through with the system we have. We're speaking with Perry Grossman from MICLU, who's a senior staff attorney in the Voting Rights Project there. If you want to ask Perry a question, 212-209-2877 is the number. Uh, one of the things that the president has talked about and people have gotten a little worried about nationwide is whether people are going to deputize themselves to be poll watchers, to be folks who go out to make sure that you know, people they deem to be ineligible to vote, perhaps folks that they want to intimidate because they, they you know, are a particular color or they think they're undocumented immigrants or whatever, are going to go out and start challenging people at the polls. Um, it, is that a concern here? Do you feel as though we're likely to have um, conflict at the voting sites? And, and what should voters know about what people what people can do to challenge them, what they should do if they are challenged? Is that something we need to be worrying about here in New York? It's, that's a great question. So, um, I hope we don't see it, but we got to be vigilant about it because the president has said uh, out loud uh, things that really do constitute voter intimidation. When he talks about sending his army of Trump into the polling places because, you know, bad things happen in Philadelphia. And obviously that's that's all code um, for him, particularly not liking that minorities go out and vote. Um, so we, we got to be vigilant about that. We got to make sure that if you're seeing things at the polling places that look like voters are being intimidated, you know, please call 866-R-VOTE, or you can look up the New York State Attorney General's hotline, election protection hotline. Um, they're also doing a really good job to try and keep tabs and make sure that New Yorkers' rights to vote are respected. Um, but certainly that kind of aggressive poll watching is something with a really long history in the Republican Party. Um, there was a consent decree dating back to 1981 over the so-called ballot security task force where they had, you know, off-duty law enforcement wearing armbands um, and, and, and intimidating people at the polls and engaging in all kinds of, of um, voter suppressive purges and whatnot, uh, purging tactics. And so, you know, the way the president does it is especially blatant. Um, and hopefully those tactics don't come to fruition on the ground and we'll be watching. But these are tactics with a very, very long history. Um, and so we're, we're, we know how to look for them. Speaking more broadly about voting rights in, in New York State, and I think this might have some relevance for November 3rd, talk about how parolee voting rights have been handled. I know Governor Cuomo made some moves in that direction uh, in recent history. 
but it was it was kind of a, a temporary or stopgap measure. And, and there, I know there were some concerns about how that's functioning. If you are on parole, uh, can you vote? What are the obstacles to doing that? So the governor had put forth an executive order in May 2018, which said that he would give a conditional pardon to anybody on parole, um, which would allow them to vote once they've received a pardon. And uh, at that time, shortly thereafter, he pardoned everyone who was on parole at that particular uh, time. And then every month since then, he gets a list from uh, from uh, the Department of Corrections and Community Supervision, and they go through the process of pardoning each individual person who's on parole so they can have their right to vote restored. The problem with this, and, and, and by the way, I applaud the governor for doing this. I think this is this is a really uh, enfranchising move he's made. The problem is it takes about six to eight weeks once a person has been released in order to get their conditional pardon. So that lag time just puts additional uncertainty into the process. Um, you know, of course, there's also the possibility because it's just an executive order that uh, a future administration could could undo it. And so, you know, certainly what we'd like to see as a first step is the legislature um, pass a bill to allow uh, to require restoration of voting rights upon a person's release from incarceration. And I think in the long run, it's really important for New York to set a trend um, where there's really only Vermont and Maine right now to make sure that nobody ever loses their voting rights. There is never a good reason for a person to lose their voting rights, to be deprived of sort of this basic mark of citizenship. And so, you know, I think we've seen more public sentiment moving in that direction, uh, but we got to keep pushing. I have to ask, because I know it came up uh, in my intro and you read raised it as well, uh, the Supreme Court uh, undermining or, or, or throwing out whatever the term of art is, Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act. That happened, I think, a little over seven years ago. And that did have an effect on some parts of, of the city that had to have preclearance for any changes to voting procedures because of their sordid history. Um, it's been a while that it's, that protection has not been there. Has that hurt the franchise in, in New York City? Have there been cases that would have, you know, risen to some level of scrutiny under Section 5, or have we managed to avoid any of those conflicts so far? You know, it's 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 entirely possible, right? So the thing that makes Section 5 so invaluable, and you're right, it was seven years ago in the decision of Shelby County v. Holder, and what, what Section 5 does is it required covered jurisdictions to pre-clear their changes to their election practices, election laws, through the Department of Justice to make sure that they were not making minority voters worse off. So, you know, if you're going to have a new city council redistricting plan in New York City, you've got to send that to the Department of Justice to make sure you're not making minority voters worse off. If you are moving your polling places around, you've got to send it to the Department of Justice. And so when uh, when Shelby County was in front of the court, I believe New York City actually filed a brief in support of preclearance saying that the law was actually helpful to making sure that there was um, good practices in place to guard against uh, minority disenfranchisement. And so since then, have we seen things occur that Section 5 would have caught? Maybe. Um, the problem is it's hard to know because Section 5 puts the jurisdiction under such a microscope that um, it catches things that we as sort of individual litigators couldn't necessarily notice. So if a polling place was moved in a way that made it harder for, you know, Latinx voters in Inwood 
or, you know, black voters in, in, in Hunts Point. It's very hard for us to notice that in time to make the change. Sometimes we catch it, sometimes we don't. But when you've got to pre-clear all those changes through the Justice Department, it's it's easier to spot those those you know, small but important things that really can affect people's right to vote. So we've actually been pushing a bill called the John R. Lewis Voting Rights Act of New York, which has been introduced by Senator Myrie uh, in the state Senate and by Assembly uh, Member Latrice Walker in the Assembly. And it actually placed a preclearance provision here in New York, um, which would have much the same function. So we have about 30 seconds left. Just want to ask you quickly, there are people listening who, you know, especially because now we all have mail-in ballots, they don't necessarily need to be in New York uh, City on Election Day, or at least they don't need to be in their home district. If you are someone who's concerned about the integrity of the vote, uh, the possibility for disenfranchisement, the possibility for people being challenged at the polls, and you want to volunteer your time and help, is there a way to assist NYCLU? Are there other national efforts where people could be of help if they want to help uh, defend the right to vote on November 3rd? Yeah, absolutely. Always feel free to go on the ACLU website or the NYCLU website. We're at nyclu.org. They're at aclu.org. We're, you know, we're the New York affiliate. Um, and election protection, one eight six six 866 rvote uh, is the hotline you should know. And um, election protection is also a good thing for you to look up if you're looking for a way to uh, to volunteer to help voters. Excellent. Perry Grossman, the senior staff attorney in the Voting Rights Project at the New York Civil Liberties Union. Thanks so much for joining us and good luck on Election Day. Thanks so much. Appreciate your attention to this.